0: Hello, and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I am your host, Dexter Kearley, and I am coming to you from my back porch in lovely Amarillo, Texas. Um, The weather is really nice today. It's a Monday. It's like sunny, very low wind, maybe like 10 to 15, which in Amarillo means there is no wind. Um, We, uh, my wife went to gym this morning when she got back we walked to the park and played with my little baby he's becoming a madman on the uh he's becoming a madman on the playground so it kind of takes two of us because he's constantly like making a beeline for the most dangerous possible decision he could make um whether it's running at a ledge or his new thing is like anytime that there's like an indona- uh, a. Uh, indention or like a raised portion in the ground so it's kind of like a curve he loves to like run at it and see if he can keep his balance as he like stumbles through it it's it's both like as a father and as a parent it's both like awesome to see because I really want him to take chances in his life and really push the limit and have as much fun as possible but at the same time um I'm going to be paying for the doctor bill if he ends up snapping one of his bones. So I have it's like a very interesting line that I'm trying to walk where I want I want him to experience life to the fullest, but I don't want him breaking bones. Um I don't want to pay for that experience. Um or knock out a little tooth or anything like that. So, oh, just a second I got shifting my mic around and so that's another thing is do not let your kid play with your headphones when you're trying to do a podcast. Um, not that he's currently playing with them, but kid like chews on everything It's like a it's like having a cat around. Um, anyway, let me get to the point of today's show. Today is the first episode of season two, which you may ask, what does that mean? I'm not exactly sure. I uh, hit the twenty-five, so my twenty-fifth episode with Jenny and um uh, was kind of the culmination of my first season of this podcast. Uh, I, whenever I started this podcast, I didn't really have a point uh, necessarily. I just wanted to get it going, wanted to get some conversations, start getting some experience, and figure out, you know, kind of learn through doing, learn as I'm doing it. And I have um this experience has been a lot of fun it's um it's been a very good experience um, um there's a lot of things that I've learned, like I used to have a really difficult time um explaining to people what it was that I was podcasting. you know people are like would ask me at work or just different places. Let's say, like, so, what's your podcast about? And it's very difficult. I could never really come up because one, for one, I'm a generalist. I like to um, uh, I'm I like to consider myself like a amateur athlete. You know, I try to do stuff. I try to stay in shape. Um, I like to participate in uh, races, well, runs. I'm not really racing. I'm just going out to like half marathons and stuff. And I'm not. I don't. I'll never win. I'll probably never get. Um, even close to winning because there's some animals out there, but I enjoy participating in it. So I can't really say that I'm a runner. I couldn't define myself as that because I'm not the best runner. I'm not, I'm not even like, some would say I'm not even like a moderately good runner. Um, so I, you know, I'm not going to have a running podcast. I'm not going to have a climbing podcast. At the same time, um, I'm kind of into art, but I'm not really an artist. I'm kind of into literature, but I'm not really like a, like a literary scholar or anything like that. So I always had a really difficult time coming up with, um, giving somebody like a clear definition of what my show was. Uh, but luckily my wife came through with a save, um, at, after my, uh, interview with Jenny Anzarello, um, we, you know, there was uh, pro, I think, I think we ended up maybe having 16, um, in the crowd, uh, and it was actually, I don't know if it was, if it's sad, or if it's, like, really a good thing, that, like, I personally know, knew every, (laughs) almost all of them, there was a couple of new people there that I didn't have a contact, I, I didn't know, but they knew Jenny, um, so, on one, on one side of it, it's like, well, at least I've got a very supportive community. On the other side of it, uh, I completely failed um, to to bring in a crowd of unconnected people. What I actually found is that I had a crowd of ultra-connected people. It was, it was interesting. Um, still processing all that and still trying to uh, figure out how I'm going to move forward for the next one or um you know just exactly what what my strategy or if that's even a viable like maybe nobody's nobody cares you know like one thing i've realized is that the panhandle podcast meetup is pretty ambiguous the same way that the term podcast is ambiguous it can mean a ton of different things which brings me back to my wife sitting in the audience um she was like afterwards. She was like, "I it hit me while I was watching the show. You're just a talk show. You're not, you're not necessarily a great interviewer. You just have conversations with people and you talk about different stuff. And sometimes the conversation goes in unexpected directions. Um, and and it's just a talk show. It's uh, that's that's what it is. So I'm still going to continue to call this the Panhandle Primate Podcast, but. I think the way I'm going to start describing it, or maybe the way that, you know, if um, one of y'all would like to suggest it to a friend, just suggest it, or uh, define it as a talk show. Just say, it's just a talk show. Uh, Nothing super crazy. Um, So, let's see, so this is actually supposed to be my intro, where I talk about, I had like some slight housekeeping things that I was going to touch on, Um, but... You know, I'm not really probably going to hit, I've already hit most of them, uh, indirectly. Um, but yeah, so, I've definitely learned a lot of stuff through this first season. I'm really happy with some of the conversations that I've had with people, some of the podcasts I've put up, I've gotten some good response on some of them. Um, I'm also really disappointed with myself in some, in some ways, uh, with, um, uh, you know, learn, it's, it's very difficult to be in front of a mic, for one, but also to, um, how, what would the right word be, like, refine a conversation and make it to where it's, uh, easily, uh, digestible, I guess would be the way of, of saying it, um, I had one friend actually recently who's listened to quite a few of the podcasts say that I don't go long enough with my interviews. He's he's like, Man, you need to just keep going. Like, push him out to two hours, two and a half hours. Um and but I he's only he's the only one that's ever said that. Um The other thing is I've definitely realized how much I talk, which granted, I mean, that's where these rambles come in. It's an opportunity for me to sit down. Like, right now, I'm by myself on my back porch. I'm talking into a microphone. That's it. Um, So, sometimes whenever I have a guest with me, I forget that people want to... I mean, people are obviously tuning in to the podcast with the understanding that they're going to hear me some, but I think whenever I'm featuring a guest, they're expecting to hear that guest way more. Um, Hopefully, they already have a good... Or a, a moderately decent uh, picture of who I am or how I think or what I say, and that you know I could highlight the guest a little bit better. So there's definitely some things that I've learned um, in this first in my first season. Uh, I've started like a list in my notebook of podcasting rules. Uh, that I'm gonna start reading to myself before I sit down um, with a guest or sit down to do, just even a ramble, and I'm gonna to try to stick to them. I'm gonna to try to add to them. Uh, I this is a working progress for me. Uh, I'm trying to uh, grow and change. And actually, I'll get to it in a second. But um, my my second segment is in about investing investments. But um, so anyway, this is uh, this is kind of a a reboot so to speak of the show i'm going to try to get a little bit more of a consistent um voice maybe consistent format and hopefully kind of dial in a little bit more as to what people would want it to be um and what they'd be excited or what they want to hear more of so if you have an opinion on that and you've listened to several uh, shoot me an email. Just let me know. Say, hey, do this. I like this. I like when you do this. I hate when you do this. Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm really looking for uh, constructive criticism. Or uh, also, unless you have something that you really like about the show, also tell me that because that would be extremely useful as I construct and develop uh, a future format. So I want to know what you think. I want to know what you're uh opinion is on the matter and with that i am going to play the first uh song of the show these uh these rambles uh i'm taking them as an opportunity to play some music that i'm digging or that i like and the first um the first uh song i'm gonna play is uh this this guy named dan keach reached out to me, um, and he, he does music under the name of Height Keech, and, uh, they're gonna be at Leftwoods here in Amarillo in May, uh, May 20th, um, Height Keech is his band's name, and then there's also another band, I think he's in it, um, but they'll, they'll be there as well, named I Alive, um, and, yeah, they just reached out to the podcast, and I was really looking forward to having them on the show and, um, you know, just having having a band that's coming through Amarillo just be on the show. But um, I, that's actually the same weekend I'm going to be running the Colfax Half Marathon up in Colorado. So I am not going to be able to have them on that time. Uh, hopefully in the future, if our paths cross or if they end up in Amarillo again, I'm gonna try to have them on. So, uh, so May twentieth at Leftwoods. The song that I have selected is um, what one of the one of the songs off of um, the Time Wave Zero came out in 2017. It's uh, I Live Slash Height Keach uh, is the name of the is the artist. And the song is called uh, Cold Hard Rock Breaks. Um, But I really, one of the things that I like about this podcast and I've really been trying or or wanting to do more of is bring local Amarillo people as well as people who are coming through Amarillo um, to kind of reach more Amarillo people, but also just to spread the word. Um, Hopefully this podcast will be Larger than just an Amarillo podcast. I think um, I had the guest uh, Jason Boyette uh, on. He has Hey Amarillo. And he definitely has the market cornered on that. He's got a very um, dialed in, uh, well produced show. That I don't, I mean, you know. It's not even really my style of how I would do something. But for a specific Amarillo show. That's where you would probably go. So. I'm not really wanting to be a specific Amarillo show per se, um, but I would really like to highlight some, uh, some of the unique aspects of, of our local, uh, of, of the city as a local thing, as well as its relevance to the country as at a larger, uh, level. Um, so, uh, anyway, I was, you know, these guys reached out to the podcast and I wanted to show them some love. If uh, you're in Amarillo, May 20th, check them out at Leftwoods. It's a great little bar. It's got a great beer selection. And, uh, hey, if you see them, tell them you heard about it here on the podcast. Uh, also, if you go see them, let me know Let me know what you think. Let me know uh, how the show goes. Anyway, check this song out.
1: Pushing through minimal options. Adjusting view to figure out octaves For the eyes like keys can relate The cold hard rock race Harder than chemistry tests in 10th grade Harder than taking sidekicks from sensei Battle wounds over the scars from the cold hard rock Break you apart Under the pressure over the stress Thunder and lightning hoping for best Hoping is fighting, is this a test? The cold, hard, rock, breaking your chest. Taking a cue, picking a pocket. Sticking to gun, safety, unlock it. Going for broke, breaking the bank. Fault when the cold, hard, rock, breaks hard. Eat more shit than fast food. Pass through more caskets than bad shoes. Bastard of the craft, the cash truth among the cold, hard, rock, break, moves. cold rock the whole block is shaking weight like earth and whole lots of spaces displaced like dirt and bow's top to take it like a cold hard rock drop from a spaceship gaining momentum in every aspect no half step half old mac half aztec or plastic passed over like old mags and news clips diffuse bits and prove past tense shocking, like body rocking the rocket my Jolly Rogers, obvious I'm oddly minded, my mom manners to matters when matters most, most modest, and don't splatter when cold hard rock breaks start to become unpolished, positive, quasi deposit a property, mentally opulent crop, an eventual poverty created by honesty, honor, and common decency, unforeseen evil seemingly seeping in, but keeping the distances from me, weak in his lip, but clumsy to reach his existing, but we compete with a mission ugly equipment and pistons pumping, go pissing and missing mystery, existing for t- Tilting history, ripping rhetoric, limp from limp, plimps, presenting inconsistency, echoing through the annals, channeling heroes and heroin, mirror the message, mimic their sentiment, fear never appear on our level, peer into the excellence and excel into the abyss, hearts clear with level heads.
0: What do you think? That's some pretty, uh, some pretty deep shit. Um, so my first segment, so to speak, of this, uh, rambling podcast is, um, uh, you know, it got me, so I just got back to, uh, yesterday, uh, from a quick trip to Roy, New Mexico, and what's funny is a lot of people, um, it's, it's literally in the middle of nowhere, and that, and coming from somebody who kind of lives in the middle of nowhere, it's saying something, but it's, um, in northeastern-ish New Mexico, uh, and it's, a little bitty town, uh, I don't even know how many people probably live there, maybe like 2,000 at the most, maybe it's like 500, I can't remember, but it's super small town, like hardly anybody there, I think it's closer to 500 actually, what am I thinking, um, but outside of it, there's this little canyon called Mills Canyon, and I think recently there was a cover article on Rock and Ice, um, it's a climbing magazine, highlighting the area as like a badass bouldering spot and while we were there it was kind of crazy because it's about a three-hour drive from Amarillo to go climbing there um, but we saw people that were from Boulder that were climbing there I don't exactly know how um, far of a drive it is for them but you have to pass a lot of climbing areas if you're starting in Boulder and you're ending up in Roy. Um, so, I think that's like kind of a little bit of a testament to how great the rock quality is and it's just a special place I mean the remoteness does add like a certain amount of uh, not nostalgia but like pop to the area and uh it's funny because uh occasionally there's there are people that know about Roy and have driven through Roy um I got one of the one of the buddies I work with actually a lot of the guys I work with know where it's at but he uh, did a lot of rodeo, and so he was like constantly driving through there. And um, It's north of Logan, New Mexico, so a lot of people go to Ute Lake. If you just keep going out of Ute or out of Logan, you'll eventually go through Roy. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I am not in the best climbing shape I have ever been in, which is kind of sad because I've never been in that great a climbing shape. Uh, but we went out there, and we climbed some, and it really got me thinking of investment, um, investing. So like in order for me to have fun on a rock climbing trip or have fun in Roy, New Mexico, I really have to start preparing for it months in advance. It's a investment of a trip. I'm saying, Hey, we're, I'm going to spend this much time going, but in order to really have fun there, you have to start spending time going to Roy Way before you ever go to Roy, you have to start training for it. You have to, or climbing. I mean, not necessarily going to Roy, but bouldering, uh, rock climbing, rock climbing trips. There's a investment that you have to put into it before you ever even leave your house. You know, so um, this kind of got me thinking because a lot of the times people really invest, and I mean, Amarillo is a little bit of a more conservative area of the country, and it's you know you know, being part of being, you know, having a belief in financial conservatism is, or um, conservative, yeah, conservatism, is that a word? Conservativism, maybe? Anyway, part of what comes with having that ideology is um, being financially conservative, which makes you you know, think more like, okay, uh, what is my debt to income ratio? How am I investing for the future? Do I have a retirement? All these sort of things. You, you kind of, you know, it's the part of it is built around self reliance and providing for yourself in the future, making sure you provide for yourself because you can't really count on the government to provide anything for you. Um, but it would be, I, I think it would be advantageous. To our society, if we started thinking of of investments um, spiritually, if we held them with as high of uh, reverence as financial, but investing spiritually and uh, and emotionally and physically in ourselves for the future, just like you know, it, it gives you more options if you invest in yourself physically. So if you um, You know, for instance, if I want to go and run a half marathon, I better start putting in miles way before I ever go to the half marathon. Uh, It just makes it easier. It makes it more fun. It provides a base to to be able to do something. But if I'm not training, then I don't even have the option of going and running the half marathon, if that makes sense. So uh, investments, typically, they pay out down the road. It's uh, it's like a uh, delayed gratification type situation. Um, but once you have it, a lot of the times it's hard to lose it. It's kind of a weird deal, but I know that there's a ton of examples of great athletes who, you know, completely lose track of their health or control their health or whatever. Um, but I just think it would, it would benefit our society, uh, to, to start, um, viewing investment differently, start viewing financial or, uh, physical and emotional investments with the same seriousness and preparation and education that's another thing that's crazy is it's not that difficult to get educated health wise or spirituality wise you just have to like break down some of your own uh biases sometimes to actually hear what people are saying um but anyway all of that to say If we redefine, if we redefine this, so Emmett got me thinking about this. If we redefine our investments, will that also redefine what an inheritance is? And I've been thinking about this a lot lately with just having a little human being running around. Um, I have to start because they watch everything and they copy everything. And what's crazy is there's a lot of times when he'll see something, well, We'll try to be getting him to say... Like, right now, we're trying to get him to learn the word please. And he says, bop, bop. Every time, we'll say, hey, Emmett, say please. And he says, bop, bop. It's like, I don't understand. But he says the same thing every time. We can't get him to say please. But the the one thing... You'll do one thing in front of him that you don't ever want him to copy. Like, let's say, for instance... Okay, perfect example. The other night, we're sitting at the dinner table... And at this point, we're all kind of done eating. We're sitting there kind of joking around. And Shannon grabs a bean off of her plate and threw it up in the air to, like, catch it in her mouth. Um And Emmett saw that. And instantly, he started grabbing beans and just throwing them all over the place. He thought it was hilarious because he saw his mom do it, you know? So, um... I've started thinking about this in a little bit of a different way because he's always watching. He's always there. He's kind of constant. It's like having like uh, you know that observer. You know, having somebody watch everything you're doing. You start thinking. You become hyper aware of your uh, of what you're doing. You know of um, you know whatever whatever I'm saying. But so if we start if so like for instance, if I really put. Um, Like a functionality, uh, a functional lifestyle of trying to live healthier. I'm now. I'm not saying go crazy. I'm not gonna go crazy overboard. You know, you won't. You won't see me ever breaking world records or starving myself so that I'm a little lighter so that I can climb a little harder. You know, like. I would never take steroids to increase my performance cuz honestly I don't think I have the brain to make it make that big of a difference, you know. So much of athletic performance is mental. There's a it would take me so long. I'd have to come so far mentally to be to the point where steroids would help me, you know? Like I could it just going to the gym every day would be more beneficial than me taking steroids. So I just don't ever see myself doing um uh well what the hell? Where did I... Uh, I just completely got off of context. Uh, oh, okay, so I don't necessarily think investing in yourself physically means going balls to the wall and getting so serious that you have to like do a fitness model performance or something like that. But just making sure every day you try to get out and do a walk. Um, like walk around your neighborhood, walk around... I mean, there's so many little things um, that would really really increase your ability to enjoy life and they're not super extreme. They're not um like our society compartmentalizes all these things so much that we think getting healthy means you have to start working out at a gym. When, you know, a gym gym environment is about the most unnatural environment that humanity has ever been in. You know, it's um that's not nature. Nature's just walking around Uh, doing doing yard work is a great way but you know making yourself do more and more act just living a more active lifestyle could benefit yourself in the future but the thing is our kids are watching us all the time and even if you don't have kids um somebody's watching you somebody is modeling uh their life after you uh hopefully i mean i guess there might be some really isolated lonely people that don't have anybody watching them, but, you know, if I'm negative all the time, it rubs off on Shannon, if I'm negative all the time, it rubs off on the guys I work with, um, it rubs off on the guys I work with, and they might not even realize how much it affects their family, you know, so, uh, investing can, can go way beyond just, uh, you know, thinking of it in a financial way, but, if you start, if I have started trying to think of it as Emmett's gonna see me living a certain lifestyle, and like one of the way one of the places I notice it a lot, you know, I, I'm not saying anything new uh, by any of this. More than anything, I'm just putting it down, uh, documenting it. I guess I would say, but a lot of the guys that I work with, um, they they quit doing something whenever they have a kid because they know it's not good for them to be doing it and they don't want their kid to pick up the same habit. I know a lot of guys that quit dipping. Uh, they quit smoking cigarettes. Um, you know, a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's a few of them who have quit drinking. I'm just not Can't pull up anybody off the top of my head that quit specifically because they didn't want their kids to see them doing it. But like dipping and smoking are two big ones that a lot of guys that I've worked with, it's like, oh, what, you quitting dipping? Yeah, I am for the kid. You know, they don't want to do it, you know, uh, but it's for the kid, and so they're willing to make that sacrifice, um, for, th- for the kid, but it's really for themselves, it's so that they don't get mouth cancer, so that they don't have some sort of negative effect from it, l- like, down the road, so we already do it, I mean, it's not, not anything, I just, I wonder if we can maybe, uh, what would the right word be here, be more intentional about it. Be more intentional about uh, behavioral investments, maybe is what you would call them. but you know, and then also if we could extend that larger to like our education system, how we view success, uh, the systems of ideology, you know, I think when you when you're thinking about investment, it would it reframes your context for uh, what it means to purchase something. And what it means to own something. Those are two other things that... Um, you know, we always... We attach the word purchase to an, a material object that I then own. Um, when, I mean, really, what can you own? You come into the world butt naked. And you leave out of the world butt naked. I mean, maybe you have some clothes on or whatever. But it doesn't really matter. You don't take it with you once you leave. Um... So purchasing and ownership and really, like, the whole f- the whole financial, you know, way of, or economic way of, like, looking at life. It's interesting to have uh, Freakonomics Radio is a cool podcast, and they kind of do this. They apply economics or economic principles to a wide, wide range of things. Um, and the, the host of that, uh, Dubner, I think is his last name, but he's just, he's a brilliant dude anyway, but... Um, you know i i really like that idea of taking taking term terminology from one world like and moving i i largely think that this is what religion uh mostly does is it is it takes a way of conceptualizing the world gives it a narrative and then plugs it into another way of uh approaching your wife or approaching your friend or approaching your enemy that turns it it changes the conversation it it changes the context um so anyway that's that's kind of what i was going for in this was redefining what investment is thinking about inheritance uh, outside of the material realm think of it more as a you know you can you can make these like little like for instance an investment would be I really hate this dude that I work with. He drives me crazy. He There's nothing about him that I like. This is, of course, a figurative person. I uh, I enjoy most of the guys I work with. But, but let's say that I just hate this guy. Well, if I go into that day every day thinking, man, how much I hate that guy, then I completely lose control of the situation. Whereas if you go into it saying... I want to figure this guy out. I want to know something about this guy. Why what what is it that I don't like about him? And you actually start approaching that person with a like a genuine curiosity. It's it's not impossible to hate people after you really get to know them or get to talking to them or find out a little bit more. But typically once you have that context, it's a lot easier to say, "You know what? I'm going to be nice to that guy every day. Maybe his problem is he doesn't have anybody being nice to him." He doesn't have anybody saying a kind word or really taking interest in him. So, you know what? I'm going to do that for him. I'm going to invest in him. Uh, and it's something you can do for free that doesn't cost you anything. It just costs you effort, you know. But it's investing that effort. And you you, you can never know what good will possibly come from just being nice to somebody. Um, you know, instantly, like... Are not instantly, but you know these school shootings and mass shootings are kind of pretty big deal right now, and they're kind of everywhere and it's it's almost like I can't turn on either a twitter, I can't turn on Twitter. I can't look at the you know any news feed without being reminded that these school shootings are happening all the time. Um, but it always makes you wonder like what if that person had had one person really engage and really invest in them? Could that have completely changed an outcome? Could that small investment have been a huge payoff? And how many of these investments, you know, have happened? How many school shootings have been deterred by one person taking a true interest and really engaging with an individual? So, um, you know, redefine investment. Redefine inheritance. Um, And this is not a self-help show. Those are just some things that I kind of came across i thought it was kind of an interesting it was it was interesting to me fun for me to read or like think about that so i just kind of took some notes and that was my segment too so um what i'm going to do next is play for you a song um, just came across this kid recently on a sway in the morning he, it was a sway in the morning uh, i think it's on shade four or five xm radio or something i don't know exactly sure i don't ever i'll listen to it on youtube but he always has people on he'll interview them and then he has them freestyle and it's kind of cool um freestyling is like such an interesting expression and i just really enjoy it i don't know why but maybe it's the nostalgic aspect of it for me uh imagining like wu-tang clan back in the day back in new york you know freestyling around you know a street sign or something i don't know i have like a very romanticized view of like freestyle battles and hanging out with your friends or whatever but um so anyway he has this kid on and is a pretty nerdy looking white kid uh not to you know be uh stereotypical or you know or i'm not meaning that in a condemning way or a con- you know i think it's kind of maybe his deal like kind of his intentional style but he had glasses and curly hair and he's kind of you know this white kid and he's in there and you know it's you, it's not what you expect whenever you think of a rapper you know but anyway had him on there interviewed him he, he the kid uh jack harlow is his name he was pretty cool and you know real good interview it they had a good conversation And then he freestyled at the end, and he was really sick. And I don't know if it was off, like, the top, what they, you know, how they say, you know, like, if he was completely making up just on the spot, or if he had some stuff, I think. Sometimes a freestyle is you have some stuff worked out in your head, and then you just try to make it work with whatever beat they give you. And, you know, both of them have a certain amount of artistry to them. I'm not 100% sure on all this stuff. So it could have been off the top of the dome. Uh, It could have been like a whatever pre-written I don't exactly know uh but it's dope like his his like little freestyle was really good and flowed really good so I started looking into him and I found a couple of his music videos and I really liked him and I decided I wanted to play him here on the podcast so this is Jack Harlow the song is Dark Knight and it came out in 2017 um in the show notes down here at the bottom, I'm going to have a link to... I think I'm just going to have a link to the uh, Sway in the Morning interview um, when you click on Jack Harlow's name, but check him out. He's on iTunes and shit, and uh, enjoy.
2: I don't ride waves, I don't switch no sound I don't hang ten, I'm ten toes down Had a little song I was gonna put first But boy, goddamn, it's an intro now Right back to it, never left, though Except for that week I had strapped, though Know the shit boom when we come down south And I had to bring my own little metro uh, Two-fold on him and a kid psychotic If you looking for the flows of the hits I got it when the sun goes down I'ma creep up on it like a thief in the night for the. I put it on everything I don't really be at no shindigs I ain't been happy since 13 uh. Side high told me how to deal with the writer's block Got me thinking maybe I was thinking inside the box Now we in the house finna bring it around the block Know they wanna hang but we hanging them out of the dry uh, Guess they never seen this shit coming She a little older didn't think she'd be coming Only thing I'm trying to do is keep this shit coming. I turned this motherfucker to a Paul vault Chicken finger play for the road dog Heard that she was working on a mixtape uh, Really you can keep it like the coleslaw uh, Bring the beat back like the overalls uh, Your boyfriend a tool that's a cobalt uh, When I'm in the booth make it snowfall Ain't nobody in my class check the roll call yeah. One name on it Bring the beat to me, I'ma come skate on it Something like Timmy, I'ma one take on it Boy, I know the shit's hot, I don't want takes on it yeah, Pre-med shawty, turn me on like she hit the reset on me Told me that we living different lives right now When I graduated, it was recess for me Always frat boys, home fuck with the boys Even when it's really something they could come to enjoy She don't listen to the lyrics, but she follow my voice I got a hundred situations that I wanna exploit And I'ma do it That's right, running through the city on my last life Know I had to beat it down last night When she leave the crib, she get baptized Every time Funny how it all works out Right before I did this, I was feeling burnt out Now the whole city about to get burnt down
0: All right, that was uh Jack Harlow. Check him out. The song was pretty dope. And I don't think there's a hook in that song. Um I should have been paying attention I actually listen to it just now when you were listening to it. It well, was I? That's pretty weird to think about because Anyway. Oh. oh. Yeah, pretty close. got to get ready for work. Okay. Yeah, is he still awake? He won't go fire. He's just screaming Really? Okay, yeah, I'm almost done. Well, as you heard right there, um, baby will not go to sleep without his pacifier, and we can't find it. uh, Shannon was like, this is the last package we were buying, and as we lose them, we'll lose them, and then when we lose the last one, he'll be done with it, but the baby is not liking that. Plus, the wind's kicking up, and I'm outside. So, I'll run through this last segment real quick-like. My next... Little segment I'm calling the necessity of death and progression because um, Emmett is growing super fast. So a lot of the stuff that I'm starting to think about is due to due to Emmett basically him being him, just being around a, a little baby. Um, but he's growing super fast, and um, as he's growing, a version of him is dying, uh, which is the baby Emmett. You know, like. There was newborn Emmett. And then there was uh, five-month-old Emmett. And then he was replaced by seven-month-old Emmett. And then there was walking Emmett. And then there was, you know, babbling Emmett. And now there's uh, maybe six-word Emmett, you know. Uh, but a lot of personality, a lot of mannerisms. I mean, if you take in, like, body language into speaking, then he's talking a whole lot. I mean, he's, like, super uh what would the word be he's very uh uh not sassy sassy wouldn't be the right word because he's a little boy but he's um ornery ornery would be a good a good word to say um but um the uh progression as he's progressed from version to version That is what has contributed to the process being beautiful. So if Emmett stayed as a little baby forever, then it wouldn't be very beneficial, or it wouldn't be very beautiful. It would be like, damn, I really wish this kid would grow up, you know? But now as he grows up, it makes these like versions of himself that he's leaving behind. The fact that he's leaving them behind is beautiful. Um, So our beauty then is an artifact of our limitation so the fact that we are exist within like a time continuum and you're a baby and then you're a middle-aged person and then you're old person and then you're dead um with within that limitation of you can never be who you were yesterday and you're not quite who you'll be tomorrow within that there's um within it's kind of like chatter I think they call it chatter uh, in a machine. Um, uh, it's like you have, just through operating the machine, you have certain byproducts of the machine, kind of. It produces a certain thing um, just by operating, and those are artifacts of it, of it having happened. You know, I guess archaeologists archeologi- ar- come across artifacts of previous cultures, and it tells them how those cultures operated well one of the artifacts of uh human human life of life and death of progression is beauty you know as Emmett progresses it's beautiful well probably not right now because he's in there you know being a little turd but like um if if I were to stay 25 forever it wouldn't be beautiful but the fact that I was 25 for one year, I can look back on that version of myself. Although there's a whole lot of things that were embarrassing about being 25, there's a whole lot of aspects of me and the things that I believed and the way that I viewed the world that were, you know, could have been called beautiful. You know, it's, um, but it's the limitation, it's the fact that we're progressing through something. Um, so progression makes limitation temporary which makes it beautiful. Um, this is like, yeah, I'm running through this one pretty quickly just because I got to go inside and rustle a baby. But, um, it, this, this whole thought process was actually spurred on by a conversation on the Duncan Trussell family hour podcast with, uh, the host was Jason Silva. Um, and they were kind of talking about death and, Jason Silva is kind of a futurist and hopes that we'll somehow be able to live forever, that death will be conquered for sentient beings, mostly meaning our consciousness will escape some sort of, I think these people think, are, you know, futurists in that sense uh, that, you know, are not very religious necessarily, they don't have a religious view of the world, they have a straight scientific view of the world. Uh, To the raw scientist, death is like a horrific tragedy. It is something that there's an end. um, There's a beginning and there's an end to life. And whenever it ends, you're done. And your consciousness no longer matters. Your consciousness is no longer relevant. Um, And to them, that's tragic. But to religious and religions all over the world, religious people and religions all over the world, Death is uh, a necessarily part of the process like uh, for instance, like the Mayans viewed death like birth was a form of death you know you have a nine month life uh, being a fetus and then whenever you are shoved into this world no longer you're no longer warm you're no longer protected in your mom's stomach you're no longer eating through an umbilical cord. You uh, are exposed to elements, and you're exposed to all these different things. So they say that that progression from being in the in as a fetus, you know, baby in mom's belly, to being the same baby uh, two hours later outside of the mom's belly, that that whole process is death, and that's actually how they describe human death uh, as well as it's a progression from one level of consciousness. Or one level of existence to another level of existence. And now granted, the scientist or a scientific view would say, no, you can't have conscious thought without the hardware that accompanies it. Anyway, it's a pretty interesting uh, episode. I typically come down on more of like the Duncan Trussell, the hippy uh, you know, side of any of those type of discussions, although I understand the science and I actually really enjoy the science. And I like to think of, uh, human, humanity as, uh, hardware, which is the body, the brain, um, and then there's a software, which would be like the consciousness or the spirit, you know, the spiritual flair, um, of all living creatures really, but exemplified in humanity, uh, through our manipulation of language, um, and the complexity of our brain, like, the number of neurons in our brain, I mean, is amongst the most complex, uh, structures, even if you just look at all structures, um, in, in the observable universe, it's one of the most complex things, I mean, we don't know what consciousness is, we don't really know how the human brain works, we're getting, you know, uh, and by we, I mean humanity. Granted, scientists are way smarter than me, or the ones that are actually studying it. But even if you talk to them, they don't know what the fuck's going on. So, how the, you know, nobody knows really. But the brain is a super complex uh, organism and a super complex structure. And it produces consciousness. And one of the artifacts of consciousness existing is beauty. And I think that the only way that beauty can exist and be observed by that consciousness is through the progression of time and the eventual death of you know. There's periods of times in your life. Like another thing that really got me thinking about this a lot is um, that my house is for sale right now, and I bought my house. This house that were that it's now our house. It's my wife's house. and It's my baby's house. But um, I bought this house whenever I was 21, and I was single, and had a uh my cousin lived with me for a while, had a roommate, you know, but that was a distinct time period of my life, and that version of Dexter existed for a little while, and had a great heyday, and had his time, and then he died, and he was replaced by a little bit of an older Dexter, and then that one was, I, believe me, a large portion of me um died the day that I was married that we that I embarked on a different journey um and so but at the same time with death there's birth there's a new version of me that came that replaced and really like the last uh layer shedding shell you could say you know like whenever hermit crab outgrows its shell it needs a new shell the last of my shell is this house is this uh financial investment this uh you know place that i've spent a, a lot of time and laid my head and you know my neighborhood and everything and so uh a version you know this is like the last thing holding on that ties me back to the dexter of 21 you know that and maybe a pair of like underwear or some socks or something you know um, you never know that like, you end up in the back of your dresser drawer, you know, and you like you just never see them. You don't see them for like 4 years, and then you're cleaning out your dresser drawer and you're like, "Damn, I completely forgot about these underwear." You know, and that happened like over, you know, two or three different times, so the underwear is actually like 16 years old, you know? It's like it just stays with you. It's like I lose my keys and I need those every day. And then these underwear I haven't been able to lose them in 12 years. It's really interesting uh, progression, but um well, where was I at? That was crazy. Got way off topic there. But uh beauty, you know, you have to have limitation. You have to have ooh we got a squirrel in the backyard. It's uh braving. Ooh, it's digging. It's digging for so my dog is like watching my dog is watching this squirrel right now as it's digging. She's oh 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 she's about to run. I'm gonna try to get this on film uh, if, so, oop damn it, oh, she almost got it, I didn't have my camera up in time, so that's only gonna exist in audio form, I was gonna try to video it, and then I was gonna link it to the episode, but, dude, she almost got that. I think if she wanted to catch one of these squirrels, she would really catch it, but she doesn't want to catch it, she just likes to chase them, jump up on the fence and pretend like she's gonna catch them, plus I think one of these squirrels would probably kick her ass, uh, she's a pretty big dog, but these squirrels are vicious, you know, they're just big rodents. And they're uh, little monsters as far as strength goes. They're uh, they're like the athlete of the uh, of the small of the small creatures. Anyway, super athletes. So I got to go inside and wrestle a baby. I'm at 51 minutes. I say that constitutes a episode. So the final thing I'm going to leave you with is something for Emmett. This is for future Emmett after he's uh, old and gray. Uh, To remind him, whenever he was a little baby, he loved some music. So, this is a song called Genghis Khan by Mike Snow. It was off of his 2016 release of I, 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 like little lowercase i's, like triple i. But it's just I, I, I. And the song is called Genghis Khan. Um, The music video is pretty hilarious. And Emmett just loves this song, dude. He, like, uh, I don't know... I guess it's you know, we take we play it for him, so maybe that's why he loves it. But anytime it comes on, man, he starts rocking and bumping and you know, so he really enjoys it. So I'm playing this song um in tribute to the baby. So uh hey, hit me up on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook as much these days, trying to pull back my wasted time. Um so plus I think I get a better response on Instagram or I get a pretty equal response. So uh I'm going to try to use Instagram as my main outreach. Um but I'm also on Facebook and if you message me on Facebook, I'll get that message. Um I'm also on Twitter but I'm never on Twitter, but if you message me on Twitter, I get an email. Uh, also, you can reach me through my website, panhandleprimate.squarespace.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email through that or, or anything you need. So uh, hit me up, let me know, uh, give me a review on iTunes as well. If you've made it 53 minutes into this podcast, um, do me that favor. Uh, just give me a review uh, or just rate it or do whatever. Um And I appreciate you. uh, If you're listening to this, uh, this is the start of Season 2. Hopefully a new beginning. And hopefully it will uh, grow and change and develop into the future. So anyway, check it out. Uh, I appreciate you. And peace.
3: No labels to put on To this thing we keep And dip into When we need no don't have the right To ask where you go at night But the waves sit my head to think so I just lost the world war, and the scene slips away to the evenness I fake. It's a shit it's cause I don't really want you, girl. But you can't be free, cause I'm selfish, I'm obsessed.